This is Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Friesen with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated with Pete Sampson from The Athletic. We're here to review Georgia Tech and Notre Dame, but we're also here, obviously, to talk about number four Notre Dame against number one Clemson. Uh, Moving the process along a little bit more quickly this week just because of the nature of the game as Notre Dame takes on the number one Tigers. But uh, let's, we do need to speak a little bit about what happened against Georgia Tech and, and uh, Notre Dame off to another, another great start. I, I, you know, they left too many points on the field, which is frustrating after they had such a strong performance against Pittsburgh, but the defense did its job. Once again, told you Jameer Gibbs was good. He's he's really good. He's going to be really, really good. Uh, but in, in typical, and we talked about this last week, typical Clark Lee fashion, they pretty much shut everybody else down, including the quarterback, Jeff Sims, who has 277 yards net rushing now, and he had two against Notre Dame. And I think, you know, similar, uh, similar to Malik Cunningham in that when you take that part of his game away, um, yeah. you know, now you really reduce what they can do overall offensively. I think points in the field was a takeaway. As you mentioned, Tim, I wrote about it, uh, you know, 31-13 with three trips to the red zone that were a fumble recovery touchdown, a field goal, and then not getting in at the end, which is only relevant in that it's happened a couple times now, punch that thing in, and also relevant in that they didn't cover the spread for those of us that might have considered they were going to cover the spread prior to the game and had such means to access a way of that mattering to them. Um, Yeah, you know, you're going to kick a field goal once in a while down there, but – you get two touchdowns out of that and a field goal is 45-13 and nobody blinks. And more importantly than the optics is you can't leave points on the board down there twice or three times in this next game. And I know we're not trying not to focus on that game, but it's a, it, it's happened a few times now. It's happened since for the fourth quarter, Florida state where only the Pittsburgh right. game where they good in the red zone. I don't want to undersell uh, a scoop and score 95 yard fumble return. Cause that's like pretty friggin' significant. Yes. Um, but to me, the, the bigger issue was book missing Tremble on the right sideline. Sure. To me, sure. that's if Notre Dame wins this week, Book will have completed probably a couple of those kinds of throws, you know, similar to the mayor wheel route at Pittsburgh. Um, though, though, to me, that those are the points left on the board that I think travel more moving forward <laughs> than a scoop and score fumble recovery. Yeah. If you, if you miss that throw this Saturday, you're probably going to lose. You can't, the the margin for error is so slim against Clemson that you would have to be dominant in in a lot of other areas to be able to overcome something like that. And the odds of that are very slim in terms of the scoop and score. I caught a little heat for my, uh, my grade for uh, the the running game. That's a 14 point swing. You can't make a mistake like that. That, that, that I, I wouldn't necessarily say, that it changed the whole whole game because Notre Dame was up 14 to seven with the ensuing drive. But that's a, and it's just one, and I had said to me, well, that it was, how can you, how can you give it a C if that, if that's just one play? Well, because the significance of one, that one play is so, is so great. You can't, and everybody loves Kyron Williams. He's a good running back, but he's going to have to secure the football a little bit better. And, and you can't fumble you can't fumble down there. You've got to get, you have to at least get some points out of that. And I want to say we're, we're, I agree with you both that Ian book has to make that throw against Clemson, but Kyron Williams can't fumble that ball against Clemson either. Ian book missed and they got three points. Kyron Williams gave up all the points. If that ball was just recovered by Clemson, 
that's a terrible play. You can't keep that up. We all love Kyron Williams when he brings the table. Two fumbles in three games or four games now. Don't don't make it a third. Don't become a fumbler. Like another fumble, and he's a fumbler. So you you gotta not you yeah. gotta and you gotta grade guys like Kyron Williams the same way we're grading Ian Book. Look, guys, in today's game, we saw Lohi Gilman do it all the time. You have to be aware of people ripping the football out of your hands, and that's you know it, it's it's an it's at least a ten point swing, if not a fourteen point swing. And, and so that, you know, that just can't happen. And, and, and Williams always, I mean, he seems to respond. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. I love this this body language after he came out in the second half, very determined to continue. And, uh, uh, you know, but you, you can't, you just, you can't have that. I think Tim, you and I tried to talk about post game, or I was trying to get the point across where, you know, the defense really would have had another great game if I think if they had not subbed so early. It almost just ruined the I, I get I get why Brian Kelly subbed this time because you do have the biggest game of the season coming up. If Kyle Hamilton got hurt instead of them getting a touchdown on that drive, it would be the most ridiculous thing ever in the fourth quarter of a blowout game, a 31 to 6 game. But it did seem to like it really knocked them off balance defense. You're like, you got to be kidding me. They're going to get a touchdown out of this. And it just felt like that game could have been put away had they not substituted, but he was in a tough place this time. You want, you want to talk about there is some luck involved in the game. That fumble goes through the dancing bears, nimble oh, yeah. feet yeah. and right into the hands of Zamari Walton. That easily could have been kicked by banks back into the pile of players and, Maybe Georgia Tech recovers, but they're not going 93 yards the other way. And, you know, you can – even if Georgia Tech recovers, you're, they're still in bad field position, and you can flip the field yeah, and can yeah. become 14 to nothing in a moment. So, um, you know, but that's part of the game. That is part of the game. Uh, is Kyle – I mean, Kyle Hamilton is – is he the most surefire – and I don't even, you know, I mean, you don't even want to say anything about catastrophic injuries like happened to Jalen Smith. But, I mean, is this, this guy just an absolute sure fire first-round pick? Probably, I mean, first safety chosen. I'm not exactly sure who he'll, he'll be competing against at that point. But unbelievable football player. You know, I thought you made a good point in your tail of the tape about him because, I mean, the athleticism is off the charts, measurables off the charts. But he is an incredible uh, student of the game and film study. And he didn't just react to the sort of reverse action Gibbs run. He didn't just react to the two-point conversion. He knew what was coming. Um, And once you know it was coming and you're freaking athletic like that, then it's over. You have no chance. So it's um, I think you're, you're seeing more of a, I think, a full game from Kyle Hamilton. Than now it's like that's that's one of the reasons to have optimism about Notre Dame this weekend. He swallows ground and he swallowed up that screen pass on fourth down. It was just the most. It's amazing and you can't do that if you're just fast. He knew everything that was happening and it's a uh, going into the game. You know, Jeremiah Usu Coromo was the most productive and best player, and then you just get reminded there's Kyle Hamilton out there. And if you're drafting players for a college football team. For the rest of this season, Kyle Hamilton's pretty high on your draft list, right? I mean, if oh, right. you're no, getting absolutely. a hold of everybody out there in the country, oh, there's like, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's no He's, doubt about that's it. That's probably the best compliment you can pay him. I appreciate the comment on the tail of the tape, Pete. And one of the other things I said in there was, you know, we don't, I mean, the whole idea of instincts and film study, that all kind of blurs together because we don't really 
we don't always know. Pete, you do a lot of interviews with people and dig deep and get some of the film study part of it sometimes, but we just assume instincts. Well, I think it goes beyond that. You you know what the, the opposing team is is doing. And I the two-point conversion was was interesting because Houston Griffith was actually ahead of Kyle Hamilton on that play. Last time you'll ever say those words, right? There. <laughs> and started breaking on the ball, and Hamilton just blew by him, found the run fit, and blew up uh uh who is that? Sanders, um Adonicus Sanders, I think it was. Just a, I mean, just an incredible football player. And that, that, that's what we will continue to do as long as he's here. Be astonished at the the number of great plays that he makes. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to uh, – that's enough Georgia Tech talk. <laughs> I really want to talk about Georgia Tech's punters. Can we spend five minutes on that? No. We could spend let's, time on the kicker. Move, Holy move on well, we, could, we could also close this segment by talking about what Brian Kelly talked about um, at, at his press conference on Monday, which – I find mind boggling and astonishing, but we'll go ahead and I'm sure we'll be, I'm sure I'll find a way to, to allude to it in segment two, burning up the boards coming up. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in Northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com. Segment two, burning up the boards. Turning our total attention, pretty much, we follow the questions, but most of the attention is to Notre Dame, number four Notre Dame, and number one Clemson this week. And we'll start with a question from Irish Fan 425 With Trevor Lawrence not playing, you think Clark Lee will be able to devise a game plan that can c- confound Uyangalale enough for Notre Dame to win? If we can success can if we can successfully confuse Uyangalale, you think Notre Dame can contain Travis Etienne enough to win the game. I don't see the likelihood of Uyangalale being confused as very high. Um, and I, I think this is sort of one part that got is sort of gotten lost in the Notre Dame world of DJ Ungalale taking over the job is like he had no practices last week. He found out on Wednesday. And as we all know, Tuesday and Wednesday, that's when the heavy lifting for your game plan goes in. Certainly a lot on Monday. Thursday is like tuning up red zone. It's like walkthrough plus. Um, so the fact that he's going to have a whole week of practice, I don't, I don't think what we know what his full capabilities are even close to right now. Yeah, I, I will say uh, there's a greater chance that Uyunglele drops back and feels pressure that's not there, or drops back and misreads something or doesn't see something or pick up a check for the running back than Trevor Lawrence would have. So if you want to look at it that way, Trevor Lawrence was not going to have mental mistakes at Notre Dame. That's, he, there wasn't going to be there. No. So this is at least, I get the question. Um, I, I, I think that's a great point, Pete. I hadn't, hadn't thought of about the Thursday deal when you are, you're told Thursday you're starting. Uh, it's just athleticism took over. I thought there was, I didn't get to watch the whole game because I was in the press box, but I thought there was only one play I can remember. It was in the first half where BC was ahead and uh, he dropped back and it looked like he just looked at the pass rush and fell down and got sacked. And my concern was that probably isn't going to keep happening. Not, Oh boy, that's something you could do to him. It was more along the lines of that can be coached out of him because he's such a good athlete. So yeah, I don't, I am not like trying to downplay the fact that 
you could do some different things against him than you can Trevor Lawrence. But I think you're right, Pete, in that it's not the storyline of the game. No, but I, I'm going to give Clark Lee a lot more credit than that. I think Clark Lee has a much better chance of, of confounding Uyangalale, um, you know, this weekend than, than Boston College did. It, it's still his first road start. I mean, we can see the physical gifts. Good Lord, what a cannon. I mean, the physical gifts jump off the yeah. screen. But he's still just making a second start. I, you know, I, I, you know, he showed fun, good poise, though. I mean, he showed I mean, really he, good poise to be down he, like that. No, there's no doubt about it. But he's going to have to have more poise in Notre Dame Stadium. I know it's not going to be the ruckus crowd, but it's still, it's still a road game, and and you know he had to travel. So, I mean, I got a little bit more confidence in Clark Lee can give him some some looks that he's hesitant about. And that's why I asked Brian Kelly about it today. I don't know that, you know, I mean, he said some of the generic things that that confuse young quarterbacks and he's a special talent, but I don't know, you know, I mean, I think he's, he was a five-star talent because of his physical skills. We don't know exactly what part of the whole reading defenses concepts, um, you know, translate into that five-star he's a talent, but I think Clark Lee in Notre Dame's defense, which is, you know, Boston college doesn't have one of the best defenses in the country. Notre Dame clearly does. Tip 98, assuming Clemson will look to protect their quarterback, making his first road start by putting their game plan in ETN's hands. I also assume Clark Lee will stack the box and make Uyunglele beat Notre Dame through the air. Thoughts on our pass defense and how it matches up with Clemson's receivers. And this is obviously a giant change from the summer when it would have been a more difficult matchup with Clemson's receivers. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think uh, that this is, you know, from the – this is a big change from 2018 to me where I felt like Clemson's offensive skill talent blew Notre Dame off the field. Um, and I understand that pride, love Gilman Elliott were really good college players. Well, too bad when you're going against really good future pros and Higgins, Ross Lawrence. So, uh, and Rogers, I think was just playing the slot at that point. Yeah, um, yep, He was. So now this is much more of a fair <laughs> fight to me. Um, in terms of Notre Dame's DBs versus Clemson's secondary or Clemson's receivers. But I don't know. I mean, Travis Etienne is the best. Brian Kelly says the best running back in college football. I would agree. Um, oh, yes. A football <laughs> Hall of Famer. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, having the game, if you stack the box with, uh, you know, Bauer, White, si Simon, Kaiser, is that – really enough to take down Travis Etienne. It's sort of like when you spy Denard Robinson with Carlo Calabrese, not to that extent, but like, it's you know not what to I mean? that extent. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you're, you're, you're putting players who are not nearly as good as the guy they're trying to bring down. That's, that's just very tricky to me. Well, and you still have to deal with Etienne in the passing game. He's your second <laughs> yeah. receiver. So, um, you know, if all your attention is on him pre-snap, and they play action to him. I'm not sure how much they play action to him and throw to him. But man, when you see when when they swing the ball and he when when he catches the football, he, his shoulders are square, oh. and he is he's at full speed in a heartbeat when they swing the ball to him. But he'll also go downfield on wheel route stuff. But the the point is taken that these aren't the same receivers that that Notre Dame dealt with two years ago. Uh, Amari Rogers is a much bigger presence now than he was then because he was overshadowed then. He now has 40 catches and six touchdowns. So uh, he's a big part of it. He made a tremendous grab on a, on a throw by Uyangalale that wasn't on target uh, in the end zone. 
And then you have Cornell Powell with his 25 receptions, but just 10 yards per catch. That was a breakout game for him, though. I didn't have 10. It was. Catches, yeah, 10 it was. Grabs. But yeah. it's still, you know, just at 10 yards a catch. And Frank Ladson, 6'4", 190. He's only caught 17 balls. Their tight end, Braden Galloway, uh, has caught 16. So, yeah, it, it's it's an advantage. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I think, I, I think, stacking the box against etn how's that worked for other teams up to this point in his career i mean yeah i you know it's not as much stack the box as setting the edge by hayes and ogan right and you don't have trevor yeah. lawrence on the field and right, i realize right. that, that changes things i think it's Notre Dame's run defense being up to stuff what Notre Dame's run defense normally does is what Notre Dame has to, and there and that doesn't mean you stop travis etn but i don't think you're stopping travis etn you can you just got to contain him with a really good run defense yeah. And he, if he runs 23 times for 119 yards, Notre Dame can win. Yeah. It's a good question. It's a fair question. I understand yes. why it's asked. Irish Gambler, bigger advantage, Uyangalale getting a full game under his belt or Clark Lee getting a full game of tape to prepare his defense for Saturday? Irish Gambler, stolen directly from Monday Musings today. I kid because I have not published it yet, but I am now mad. So uh, <laughs> that is one of the Monday Musings, Irish Gambler. Congratulations on uh, – Average minds thinking alike. Um, Clark Lee getting 74 extra snaps of high leverage situations, a pretty big deal. That's he already had 50 in mop up duty, but you know, that's nothing compared to what he had to look at against Boston college. And I think it's, if, if you have to find an advantage, I think it's to Clark Lee. Who young I didn't seem to have too many problems assimilating to the game in his first start. So, and you mentioned ATN on the backfield. How about some of those throws to ETN on the backfield, hitting him in stride. I mean, those are beautiful. That is, yeah. that's, that's what Chip Long want from his quarterbacks throwing to a running back. That was exactly it. That's why Brandon Wimbush stopped playing football for Notre Dame is because those throws were behind his running backs. Those were gorgeous throws. I was really impressed with them, but I like Clark Lee getting a full game of film uh, and just can kind of get some idea on how to attack him. I, you know, I don't know if this is the most important part of it, but like the, the film of Uyunglele that I think really would help Notre Dame most is that his 30 yard touchdown run, um, that you have to respect that in a way that not that Trevor Lawrence couldn't do that. He just really did. Um, I think that we is going to be looking for that first. Yeah. He has in a way Lawrence did not. Um, and I, I really thought that was the play in the game where you're like, Oh crap, this is like, this is happening for this guy. Um, Cause it's not like he made anybody miss, but man, if once he gets going vertically, that is, that's just a lot to deal with. So now, okay, so let's add it all up. You have to stop ETN in the running game, stop ETN in the passing game, stop Uwe and Alale from running. Uh, you know, though. Like, for an arm, I, there's a lot There's a lot to, even without Trevor Lawrence. And I, and I want to say this, I haven't, uh, I'll continue to watch Clemson as the week goes on, but I've heard things about Clemson's offensive line. I think Clemson's offensive line is underrated. No, I, I mean, mm. I agree with you. Um, Trevor Lo- or Clemson's offensive line, I think we talked about this right before you got on, Pete, is ranked ahead of Notre Dame in terms of pass protection by pro football huh. focus. Um, they are not ahead of Notre Dame, obviously, in the running game. And I, I do have a question I want to ask. I'll ask Anna and I'll ask other people from Clemson. Why ETN, the drop-off from ETN to Lynn J. Dixon and Wrencher, I just noticed this yesterday, is stark, Pete. You know, I remember how in 2018, you were like, well, look at all their yards per carry by all these running backs. That does not exist this year. It is, I mean, Lynn J. Dixon has like 100 yards rushing this season, and I don't know where that came from. We have to find out if he's been banged up, of course. Well, he's still banged up, if that matters. But 
Pete, you made a good point about Lawrence not having to run, but Lawrence, I was worried going this game that when Lawrence decided he might have to run to win a game, let's say Clark Lee's defense is playing great. I mean, he did run for 100 yards and three touchdowns against Ohio State in the playoffs. Yeah, he, just, he, can, he, just, he can do it. It's just he doesn't normally have to do it. He just started <laughs> – he just really started doing that in the playoffs last year. Well, he chose – you know and what? These that. guys are really good. I better do something different. <laughs> yeah, he can do that too. He yeah. can do that too. Go fight, win, go Irish. What happened to the O-line versus Tech? Book seemed to be under way more pressure than I expected. And it didn't look like George Tech was doing anything exotic. Is it a bad omen heading into the Clemson game? If it was way more than you expected, you needed to read the preview more closely because Jordan <laughs> Dominic and Curtis Ryans are good defensive ends. They don't collectively as a defense, they're not very good, but they're good defensive ends. Having said that, go fight, win, go Irish. It was too much. I, I thought Notre Dame's offensive line did allow allow too much uh, push from from not not just their defensive ends, but in general, they blitzed a little bit too. But um, yeah, I you know you're again you go into a game this week, your offensive line has to be better pass blocking than it was last week. I thought that the line was slightly less than okay. I guess it's probably I mean by their standards, and I don't. You know, it's you watch all these plays again, and sometimes something strikes you like, oh, I happen to be watching Liam Eikenberg on this play, right, or I right. have to watch Tommy Kramer on this play. Yeah. But I felt like this was the first time in a while that I got into that mode, and I just was like, oh, yeah, Eikenberg, like, reached and fell down, or Kramer missed a block. Like, I just saw more of that, and that might just be anecdotal, but I, just, I don't know. It was just not a, not a, not a feel-good performance by that group. Did uh, anyone get any follow-up on Tommy Kramer coming out of the game for a lug for 12 snaps? I did, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a a shoulder issue. Now, you know, it was the fourth quarter by the time they removed him. Sure, he was the and, only one, though, so that's why. Right, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I, I saw some criticism of Tommy Kramer. I thought Kramer played great against Pittsburgh, and I tried to follow him like you, Pete, yes, uh, in, in reviewing the game. And, yeah, there's a couple plays he got called for holding. Uh, but Josh Lug lunged on a play too, and he shouldn't do that. And I know he doesn't have nearly as much experience, but right. I think Tommy Kramer is playing better football than he was at the beginning of the year. And I thought he played great against Pittsburgh. And by and large, he was moving people against Georgia Tech. So, well, they need him in the running game no matter what. Because if people that want Josh Lug, because it seems more new and he, they didn't lose with him last year, he was also a tackle, not a guard. Remember that. You don't want the, him playing guard, he lessens your physicality. Not Jay Tafel. Do you think Brian Kelly will be much more involved in an offense this week, considering Notre Dame has a rookie offensive coordinator who will go against one of the top defensive coordinators in the country? I mean, this is really one of the parts of this game that we probably don't talk about enough, right? I mean, it's let's call it what it is. It's coaching mismatch. Mitch, let's call it what it is by <laughs> enunciating mismatch. Venables and Elliott versus Reese and Lee is a mismatch. And you never say that about Notre Dame staff, particularly Lee. But in this case, I, I think Brian Kelly would have to, I don't know if he's going to be any more involved, but he'll be involved. He has to be involved, but he has to, he has to be involved on the defensive side as well. He wasn't very happy about the comparisons. This is one of the things Brian Kelly brought up was uh, when Alabama gets killed by Clemson, they don't consider it a talent gap and a coaching gap. Well, that was one of the, the to because, lead into the right to the because indignation. Not, because today. when Alabama gets killed by Clemson, it isn't a coaching gap and a talent gap. When <laughs> Nordane gets killed by Clemson two years ago, and they, I always contended that Nordane played way better than people gave them credit for. Sure, they did. There was there was a gap. 
So the gap now is, I think the gap is much bigger though with Venables and Reese than Elliot and Lee. I don't, I don't consider oh, for that sure. a gap. That's yeah. not a gap. I'm just that's saying a, it's, there's a talent yeah, both gap. Count. <laughs> yeah. But, no, they definitely both count where Elliot, Elliot could come up with some <laughs> stuff where he's not totally flummoxed by Clark Lee, like some guys are, which is, yeah, which is an issue. I don't, um, I mean, certainly I acknowledge that there's a, a significant gap in terms of resume, but I don't, I don't think the moment's going to be too big for Tommy Reese. I'm more concerned about how the offensive line pass blocked against Georgia Tech than I am Tommy Reese dialing up the correct plays. I, maybe I'm maybe I I'm think it's all the game plan may be more important than dialing up the correct play at the right time. But boy, this is a game where the right play at the right time, you steal something out of that. It is a pretty big deal, right? I, you know, I, I mean, I have confidence that Tommy Reese is going to look at how Brent Venables runs things and says, you know what, I think I can exploit that. And I think I'm going to exploit that whether he, whether he can in the moment and whether his players can execute it. I'm not sure about that, but I think Tommy Reese has seen enough football and has, dissected defense is enough from both sides of the fence that I, you know, I, I, I guess I have, I have a little more confidence that he can, he can dial up what they need. I have less confidence that the players can execute what's needed against the Clemson defense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But are you speaking more of the receivers in book or the whole group? Uh, the whole group. I, right. I mean, I mean, everybody involved. Will the receivers get the separation that they need? Will the, you know, will the offensive line improve their pa- pass blocking from last week? Can they handle, you know, the big question is, can they handle as Venables is going to throw a variety of, of blitzes at, at, at book, you know, can book get them in the right protection? I, I think it extends. I think it extends well beyond Tommy Reese in this matchup we should probably table this part and in fact let's do it but remember in retrospect clark not clark lee chip long said i regret the game plan against clemson that i didn't try to help ian book more ian book arguably needs more help now than he did then he had miles boykin chase claypool to make plays downfield now he has michael mayer and some guys it's a it's an interesting way of looking at it that i guess we can talk about on thursday or right now but it's I okay. I'll, I'll state this, and everybody can say I was wrong after the game. But I think Notre Dame has a better chance of running the football against Clemson than they did against Pittsburgh. Yeah, silence. I, no, I, I agree with you too. No, I, I thought you were going to say through. that against. Cle- I thought you were going to say that against Clemson in 2018. I was going to be. Well, yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Tyler <laughs> but, uh, Davis. I don't know what his status is for this weekend, but he was out last weekend. Yeah. James Skalski, who's their best linebacker, is out. Jones I was, was out very, three, I was, yeah, three starters. Right. Out. I was very much surprised at the way um, Clemson's DBs played played a couple of balls that were thrown in the end zone by you know by Jerkovic. I think Jerkovic's doing a nice job, but two of those touchdown passes at worst should have been passes broken up and easily could have been interceptions. Now and then I heard, you know, again I've got a, a lot more to look at this week, but I've heard all the great things about the corners for. Clemson early in the year. Well, they didn't show very well against Boston College, at least not in the first half. Wash indeed. And we kind of touched on this. Do we officially have a fumbling problem with Kyron Williams? That's at least three this season and two recovered by the opposition, leading to 10 points. It's an issue. 
he fumbles again, there's a fumbling problem. There's just because yeah. you can't fumble again against Clemson. So there's a Give him one more, right? No, he could fumble against Syracuse, and there's no fumbling problem for Kyron Williams. The next three <laughs> games, if he fumbles, there's a fumbling problem. That's just the way three, this nickel sport works. Three fumbles, I lost two, I believe, is what it is. I meant to look yeah. it up before the podcast, but three fumbles, lost two in six games. Wow, especially considering the standards that Notre Dame is accustomed to. That, and it's that should be the standard, too. That, that helps them when you run the ball and your ball control, you can't be dropping it. What, what do you think, Pete? Is Kyron? Yeah, I mean, that's I, I'm with O'Malley. Like, I give him one more before I would say is a fumbling problem. But not and this even week. that fumble. <laughs> even that fumble would have to be specific. If it was fumble, if he fumbles once this week, even if Notre Dame recovers it, he's a fumbling problem. Yes, uh, he <laughs> can fumble agree. three it's times true. against Syracuse. I would be like, whatever, it's Syracuse. Well, but <laughs> if he, but if he, if he fumbles against BC and and not Clemson, is any it, of the next three is bad. You're not. You're allowed to fumble against Syracuse. No, I, I, I like. Let's, I like where Priester was going, Tim. I, I want you to finish that thought. No, I'm gonna. I'm. <laughs> oh, you know. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I'm be, sorry. Well, because I because that because the head coach equated the 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 Boston College game, the equivalent of the Clemson game today, which I think would would have been a a, a great comparison next Monday after you beat Clemson. As opposed, opposed to, to feeling like, as, like you're sandbagging and like taking Clemson as a loss. Well, yeah, and as opposed to trying everything in your power loss, not but. to make this a measuring stick game and, and and being indignant about any suggestion that Notre Dame can't win big games, even though all the evidence is in the is clear for anybody to look up and see. I I I too grew weary of the responses, but I do want to say that I could tell. It was question number one was Priester had nothing to do with the big picture of beating a number one team and, and your legacy. Number two was a question that was fueled by three years in a row. You've kind of had a no-show performance. How do you feel about yeah. that? Mm. Question number three was you're on the brink in 2018. Do you, how do you feel if you're on the brink now? Question number six was, is there still a gap between you and Clemson, like you mentioned well, in 2018? I, I, Question number nine was about their confidence. Like, I am saying that I think they got off to a bad start. And Brian Kelly, had he not been asked at number two and three, could have maybe responded differently. I was the, I was the confidence question at number nine, and I knew I was going to ask that before it started. Yeah. And when the press conference, five minutes after, I'm like, I'm not getting the response I want out of this. <laughs> and then you did not, did you? Nope. <laughs> How long has Brian Kelly been a head coach? Do any of us know? <laughs> Do any of us know? <laughs> yes. 30 years? Okay, like I always bring up how many years I've been covering Notre Dame. But yet, in the biggest game of the year, he does not know how to handle a press conference. And how long has Notre Dame been playing football? Notre Dame does not have anybody to advise him as to how he should handle a press conference the week of Clemson. It's astonishing to me. Astonishing. And to follow up, question 11, 16, 19 also had to do with the big picture situation. Right. And he should have, being a 30-year head coach, he should have been prepared for every one of those questions. Uh, Jim Booney, uh, Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. Notre Dame suffocated Georgia Tech in time of possession and running the football. If Clemson takes away the run like Georgia did in 2019, how do you see Tommy Reese responding? This, I want to back up what Tim said about Tommy Reese. If Clemson takes away the run, it doesn't matter how Tommy Reese responds because Notre Dame will not come close to beating Clemson on the field. It wouldn't matter how Vince Lombardi or Bill Walsh would respond either because they're not going to find a way to separate from Clemson and the pass rush with Ian Book, Javon McKinley, and Ben Skoranek. Notre Dame has to run the ball, period. If there's 27 hats in the box, they have to move 26 out of the way, and Kyron Williams has to run through the 27th. 
Otherwise, the game is over. But how? But how does Tommy Reese respond? <laughs> the short passing game. It's because it's an extension of the running game. I've been game saying six. it for years. <laughs> yeah, he responds well, by no. what? Hitting Mike, Michael Mayer makes amazing plays. Javon McKinley makes a back shoulder catch. Yeah, look, okay. play, gets open. Right. Well, then, now you're pass. answering the question. Yeah, play action to Mayer or Tremble down the slot. Uh, misdirection to Avery Davis. Play action um, doesn't work if you can't run. Well, I mean, I'm I'm under the impression that they can't run because Clemson is loading the box. Okay, that's good. not that they can't run because they're bad at running. Um, they can't run because Clemson is loading the box. Then play action should work. That's why I think Notre Dame has a better chance to run the football against Clemson than they did Pittsburgh. Oh, I, I think Notre Dame is going to run the football against Clemson, but I don't think they can beat them if they don't. I just no. can't. Yeah. I can't I mean, even see a, them. Same way. I think Ian Book had a better chance of throwing for 300 yards against Pittsburgh than against Clemson because, like, well, that's very true. Pittsburgh only. Pittsburgh only plays defense one way. Like Clemson is much more balanced. Right. Yeah. And we got, yeah. wait, speaking of Pittsburgh's defense, you see Paris Ford opted out. No, I, was that was that before the Notre Dame game? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome no, <laughs> no it he was, just decided to stand out there right it, the, it was, it sure was this week coming off a of bye week uh <laughs> he opted out and that was a good question because he opted out during or prior to the Nordane game marvin wilson opted out during the uh season opener he's still yeah, running around out there yeah he did don't Indeed don't ask lee Meikerberg about that though now you have to i mean books got to be really really accurate on the screen passes if it's open if, yeah. if if Tommy Reese calls at the right time, like he's done a majority of the time this year, uh, you got you got to hit it. You got if Tommy Trumbull's open in the red zone, and it's a sure touchdown. Yeah, you know, my, you my, my point was more that it's no, not going to be Tommy Reese's fault. Ian Book's going to have to make plays. I, I know, I know where you're coming from, yeah. Tim. I know where you're coming from. Weary fourteen. What do you most attribute Notre Dame's ability to, over the last four seasons to win all the games it's supposed to win? There was a time in the not all that distant past when consecutive road trips to Pittsburgh and Georgia Tech would have resulted in, at best, anxious wins or, at worst, a loss? I think it's a great question. I will – the best point is that in that Louisville, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech trio, Notre Dame would have inexplicably lost a game in the past of Brian Kelly since – in the 2016 and previous. Um, Also, those teams are bad right now. Uh, Nordium schedule stinks. And there's one way you can beat people that you're supposed to beat is that Nordium is way better than the people they're playing right now. Um, if you just, now the schedule is backloaded. Like if you just put North Carolina, if you switch North Carolina and Florida state and Boston college and South Florida or in Boston college and Louisville, you wouldn't say their schedule stinks as much because those are two pretty good ACC teams. They're not great, obviously, but they've just played bad teams. I mean, Nordium better not lose to these teams. Yeah, the I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty astonished that Louisville's, one and five, or whatever. I know it's they're, just, they're better than that. Scott Satterfield's better than that, yeah. but it's I a mean, great the, re- it, the, it, the reason they've won 30 in a row against unranked teams is the same reason they don't beat Clemson or Georgia or Ohio State. That's the players like Notre Dame is way better than these the teams that they're playing, and because they have a really quality coaching staff now, top to bottom, in a way that they haven't for much of Kelly's tenure here. They win all those games. Um, so now it's about beating a team with more talent and comparable coaching talent. Yeah. So that's, that's I'm, gonna, part. I'm going to answer the question in a little different fashion. One, I think it's traits because I believe in those. And I think that that's the foundation of your program Two, I think it's Brian Kelly's approach when adversity hits. Now he, he amazingly has found a way, which I give him a lot of credit for because I could never do it when I was coaching to, 
stay in control of your emotions at all times. And it, it has a positive effect on his team. And tied in with that is the mental acuity coach that he brought in that promotes that whole line of thinking. So when they do face adversity, while fans are freaking out about what's going on, they're not freaking out and they find ways to win games that, you know, even, I mean, all teams lose games. They shouldn't lose somewhere. Right. Right. Somewhere along the line. And they've done a great job avoiding that. And I think those are some of the, some of the reasons behind it. Pete, I think you're, I think you make, I think you make a good point too, though, as, as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's all of that stuff. Like, it's the coaches plus me. the players, though, because they always have better thing. players than Georgia Tech and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not – yeah. Back yeah. to 37. Is this stat line enough for a win Saturday? 250 passing, 175 rushing, no turnovers, and 28 points. Uh, I mean, all that matters is 28 points and no turnovers once you see those other stats, though, right? That's if, yeah. if the – I think if we could flip the turnover margin to plus one from no yeah. turnovers – I'd say, like, now we're talking. Uh, that's a good way of putting it because Notre Dame hasn't forced a bunch. Uh, tw- but is tw- is 28 – would 28 points be enough if you didn't turn it over, give them a short field to score? It's right there. I mean, I asked this question for you. What if you flip those yards so you control the ball enough to run 250 yards? I didn't say they were going to be that much better against. No, Boston but what Pittsburgh. if you flip those yards? Like it's the same same amount of yards, exact same amount of yards, but you rush for two hundred and fifty yards feel, in the game. I'd feel better. I would. I too. mean, because I, I think that Notre Dame's best way to win this game is to like play to its strengths. You know, put the game in a phone booth, a lot of two tight ends, and run the ball. And if you if they did that and end up with two hundred fifty yards rushing, I think that they would win, and they would they would easily win it. Well, not easily, but yeah. it's much <laughs> easier no easy for coming. me to. I'm trying to say, like, it's much easier for me to see the game being played in the 20s for both teams and then Notre Dame winning that game. Yeah, and yet Boston College scored 28 through the air, basically. And a fumble recovery, right? Yeah. They had a long yeah. play. Yeah, the long Interesting that that happened to Clemson and Notre Dame in the same day. To Travis Etienne, too, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a – I mean, I don't – you know, I I think that's on both the handoff yeah. and – um, Elliot, Elliot said it was on ETN after the game, but you know what? Elliot is also knows that Travis ETN can bounce back from anything in the world. So that's probably exactly. a good thing. Exactly. And, yep. and a true freshman quarterback yep. doesn't need to hear that that was his fault. So I got <laughs> you. Judge Arthur Vandalay is the defensive end performance versus Georgia Tech. Four sacks, two fumbles, four, something sustainable heading into Clemson. Or was it more of a product of going against the weaker Georgia Tech offensive line? Both. And Judge Arthur Vandalay is in my mind because that was my question to Brian Kelly. Is the front four pass rush getting better? Um, I'm writing a story on it, so I did get an answer I can use. However, <laughs> it is not what I haven't heard before that uh, previous quarterbacks were moving and they're hard to get to, and these quarterbacks are in the pocket. So uh, I think the key to this game, Florida State, not Georgia Tech, not Florida State either, Clemson. Clemson George, Clemson's key is that can Notre Dame pressure him without always having to blitz? Because Crawford, Hamilton, and Owusu Karmora are getting home all year, but that's fine against bad players. I think it's tougher against Clemson. I think that's going to be hard against that pass blocking offensive line for Clemson. I'm not which saying I they, didn't, they should. Which I didn't know. Too. I didn't know that Pro Football Focus had them rated higher. I was just basing that upon what I've seen. It's close, but they're just they're they're ahead. I mean, they're ahead of them. Yeah, it's interesting. Pete, what I. I, I don't see Notre Dame's pass rushes suddenly having arrived after last week. I mean, you you detailed that Georgia Tech offensive line plenty. 
like inexperienced, triple option, underweight. I mean, it's a it's a really bad offensive line that frankly was just not going to stand a chance against a, a very good defensive front, but maybe not an elite defensive front. I, in my defensive tail of the tape, I, I talk about Dalen Hayes and I know that it's not probably going to be received well by, by a lot of people, but Dalen Hayes is not suddenly a, a, a good pass rusher. He was unblocked on the first two plays that he made. He beat a 6'6", 330-pound freshman right tackle who can't move. The best play was against the left tackle, Quinney, where he, where he beat him. He got held and made a sack. And I, look, he was really, really good. But that was against Georgia Tech, and I just don't – I don't see that translating against Clemson's offensive line. Foskey, Ogundeji, I think Ogundeji is playing better than he was early in the year. You got to get – in passing Oh, he definitely, situa- he definitely is playing better. Yeah, than he was in, in yeah. passing situations – You've got to get Foskey on the field. If that means at the expense of Dalen Hayes, you have to do that this week. I don't know why on third and long, it has to be at his expense though. I, Dalen Hayes is able to play that role of an interior move guy on third and long for the 2018 team. Can't he do it for this team too? They, seems, they haven't, have they slipped? No. Has they I, put him inside at all up to this point? It doesn't point? seem like it. It just seems like it's a thing you can do with him if you did it like, with a much more impactful defensive line with Tillery and the rest of those guys. But yeah, I don't. I don't know how it bodes for uh, Georgia Tech to Clemson. Well, maybe uh, there's a wrinkle. People are looking there, for yeah, offensive there, there, there wrinkles. Wrinkle maybe there. that's a a defensive wrinkle for this week. Superman dot and soup is spelled like the food, and we are hungry at this lunchtime. Is Notre Dame due for a win in a big game? Just not losing close. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 due for one. There's no doubt they are due. <laughs> I, why didn't we ask Brian Kelly about? <laughs> <laughs> You have Thursday, Pete, to lead with that. Yeah. Let me make it a note of this. But you could say, Coach, you're obviously due for a big win. (laughs) (laughs) Should we say, should we ask it like that? Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about this. Big games. (laughs) I was thinking about this podcast and how I want to describe this question because I knew it was going to be on there at some point. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to use exactly one of my favorite turns of phrase, but we're getting kind of close to like, what are we even doing here? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Even if they don't play well? If they don't play well. And right. I mean, almost. It's hard, know, to it's hard to win. It's hard to be. It's hard to win. I know. They never. They, it's so hard. They don't do it in these spots. But I just, I mean, at some point, you have to get over this hump. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly fascinated to see how they are mentally on Saturday night. Cause you know, you can talk about what 29 and three and all that stuff, but like in this spot, you're Owen, whatever uh, you're, you're asking a team to be confident when they're doing something they've never done before. I think there's, that's a, that's a tricky spot. I mean, that's, that's why I want to ask Brian Kelly about confidence, but it all got shot to hell by like, <laughs> why are you crapping big games coach? Talk about it. Um, before I got to my question. I'm glad I, I'm glad I was first. And I asked a question about how you, what, what you try to do to a, a young quarterback <laughs> making his first road start. Well, no wonder he was so excited to answer my pass rush question. Yeah, Tim, let me tell you, like, he broke down every game for me. It was great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is an actual question. It's good. Irish remain too. Will the Clemson game be closer to the 2018 playoff game versus Clemson or are the last two games against Georgia? I got to think the latter, right? Come on. I, I I strongly believe that it will be closer to the last two games against Georgia. I do too. Yes. 
100%. I will be with Pete on the what are we doing here, and I'll throw in an adjective if it's like the Clemson game. <laughs> if it's like the Clemson game from 2018, <clears throat> that is not acceptable as a home game at Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence playing. I don't care how good this guy is. He is not Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a generational quarterback going okay. into his junior year that has played in – how many? it seems like he's played in nine playoff games – <laughs> there's just no comparison between those players. You can't lose 30 to three. One of the things, I mean, not, not like Clemson wouldn't be motivated to play, but the way that Boston college game transpired, they, they Clemson treats that as a loss. I mean, that was a, yeah. that was a yeah. losing effort and performance. So, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to, I mean, they were going to be they were gonna, stroked gonna, anyway. Gonna anyway. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But, yeah. Still, a week of preparation when you didn't play well and you feel like you let down, and it kind of feels like a, a, a it was a it was a losing effort by by Clemson standards. They're just going to be that much more. Jacked. I think it's good they remain number one though. That that helps a little bit. That would have been I sad was, if they I were was, number two, man. Yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no no doubt about it. Crawl Daddy Irish. Clearly, this is a big game, but from the uh, college football playoff perspective, a win in this game does a little more than ensure Notre Dame with a letdown loss to Boston College. Or North Carolina. Am I wrong? No, but this person is in the head of Mr. Brian Kelly. And they are sure that Boston College and North Carolina are just as big as this game. Syracuse is just as big as this game, Tim. They're all the same game. Be up the same way every time and find out which games you win. The ones you're supposed to is what I think will happen. Um, Clearly, it is a big game. Uh, It's a huge game. (laughs) I don't know how even – how do we get to Clemson-Notre Dame undefeated number one versus number four and start downplaying it? Now I'm on Tim's side. Yeah, I wasn't even on your side when this thing started. We're, <laughs> we are not. No, There's only not. one person we talked to today that's suddenly down. Crawl Daddy's Crawl Daddy Irish is downplaying it too. I, <laughs> I, if this would be an interesting question, if you said what would be a more impactful win, beating Clemson on Saturday or beating Clemson in Charlotte on December 19th? Yes, great, great point. It's December 19th. Like if you had yeah. to pick one, you would take a loss on Saturday and a win in Charlotte because that would help you get into the playoff more than uh, the other way around. And yeah, home win against the Lawrence, because Lawrence, especially since Lawrence will probably right. be will be be playing. Man, I, the the question does it ensure that Notre Dame loses to Boston College or North Carolina? We we were just answering a question about them winning game all the games that they should win. North Carolina, <clears throat> North yeah, Carolina's it's a, it's offense is going is going to be a handful, and I know that they've they've struggled at times, but. Um, uh, you know, I I don't I don't think they're if Nordame beats Clemson, I, I I think that the Nordame team will be as prepared as they can be to avoid a letdown because of the they're extreme, already on guard about it because of the extreme <laughs> nature in which it's being emphasized within the program. Shane oh six oh seven, this is a big game for Nordame, no doubt. How big is this game for Brian Kelly? I swear to God. I wrote that before his press conference today. <laughs> I know you did. I got. I, I can uh, verify we get this. Just like Monday Musings, my questions were not stolen. It is not yet in Jack Freeman's possession. So, <laughs> just smart people thinking. Um, it's huge. Oh, looking it's at it from it's, look, yeah, looking at it from everybody else's perspective, it is bigger from the myopic Notre Dame fan perspective than it is nationally. Brian Kelly is more respected nationally than he is by his own fans. I think that's true. I think that's true. I am positive from radio shows that that's true. 
Yeah. Uh, they are led off with, they lead with 39 and, or 38 and six or whatever the heck. I don't even know the records anymore. 39 and six. Well, that is significant. It is significant. It is, but you've never heard a Notre Dame fan say, well, I'm pretty glad we won 39 of our last 45 games. I mean, it's just, it is huge for Brian Kelly that people, Notre Dame fans remember the Michigan game and the Miami game. You got to be able to live with the Clemson loss. Last time Clemson was a much better team. Miami comes up from time to time. I'm sorry. Alabama comes up from time to time. Yes, and Alabama was way better too, but, and and they weren't ready to play that game. And, but, or they were, it didn't matter if they were ready to play, but I mean, look, it, this would be the biggest win of Brian Kelly's career at Notre Dame, not even close. I mean, right. it, it would blow – I think it would blow Oklahoma out of the water. Um, I think oh, that if gosh. Trevor Lawrence was playing in Notre Dame one, it would be one of the great all-time victories in Notre Dame football history, which is obviously a pretty good history. Well, this is a, this is a big game for Brian Kelly. In terms of uh, – I mean, just certainly Notre Dame fan respect, I know there would still be the segment – that say, yeah, you did it without Trevor. They, you know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. So now let's see if you can do it on neutral side against Charlotte. Uh, but well, it, that was always going to be harder, though. Like that was always going to be a harder win, the Charlotte win. Of course. Right? I mean, it's... of course. Uh, you know, I just don't. I mean, <laughs> I it, uh, Brian Kelly should consider this to be a really, really <laughs> huge game for him. I know he is. I know I'm taking I, I, when yeah, I say I that I know I'm taking his words out of context. I just don't like him framing that during Clemson week. I just don't I don't understand, you know, why you don't. And he he had he had the term measuring stick. He had those words put in his mouth, and then he he wanted it disavowed immediately. Like this should not be considered a measuring stick for Notre Dame football. On what planet is that true? Maybe just on Monday. I don't know. I mean, he, you know, you remember, know what I mean? Maybe just on Monday. That's you, were you at the Thursday press conference before, before Georgia in 2017 when I think Ralph Russo from the AP asked him, like, is this the game where you sort of figure out, okay, we got this turned around after 2016? And like, he couldn't stiff arm that question hard enough. Like, and I understand he doesn't like having everything put on one game, but. Yeah. It's some, that that's where Notre Dame is as a program now, and that like that is a compliment to Notre Dame. In 2017, I get it because there was a crapload of stuff to rebuild. Right. All that stuff's rebuilt. Right. Like you're there. I mean, now we're sitting here. Like let me put you. I'll put you guys both on the spot. By the end of 2023, Notre Dame will have played Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson nine times. How many wins will they have? Maybe ten times. I don't know. Why do they have to play? I mean, those at, good at teams some point, so not a at some point, you have to win those games. You know what you should do is play these crappy ACC teams all the time and beat them. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, when, a, that's a lot of games against those teams, Pete. You got to get over that hump at some point because you can't beat these teams regularly, which is required in a playoff because you can play two in a row until you beat them one time. So, like, getting to the one time, I think, is incredibly critical. The, I never in and I and I get the whole thing in 2017 early in the year where they're just trying to recover from what they went through, but never in my life, never in my life did I ever think that we'd be in a position where we're 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 downplaying the importance of a big Notre Dame football game. Seriously, I, I don't I, know I, if he. I think it just went off the rails for him, honestly. If he said it once, Tim, but it, but. Yeah. It, 
how many questions were asked about it along those lines? I, I just look I in, so. in, a, in a press conference isn't going to win or lose the game. I get that. I just don't like the frame of mind and I don't think it's the proper representation of Notre Dame football at this stage of where they've, they've come and where they've developed. Last question, Tim. <laughs> yeah, this is for you. Irish guy, 82, 82, based upon Priester's point after, should we even watch the game? <laughs> I like the phrase. Well, I, I, I read it. I read your point. Well, after. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I was, I was, I was, <laughs> I was basing a lot of it upon it. If Ian book doesn't play great against Clemson, they're not going to win. And he just got, he just, he just missed Tommy Tremble on a gimme touchdown at Georgia Tech. Uh, but no, look, of, of course they can. Yes, I would, I would recommend that you watch the game. Of course they can win. Nordame has a great defense. Nordame has probably a better defense than Clemson. Notre Dame could, you could force a turnover. You get a, you get a break in your home stadium. Of course, Nordame can win this football game. But there are some things that have to that have to ring true as well, and I think one of them, which was really my motivation be, behind any of the negativity that was in the point after, was that Ian Book has got to start playing great football for them, and they're not going to beat Clemson if yes. he doesn't play yes, great does. football. Yes, he does. We'll have a lot more on this, but I will recommend if you don't watch the game that you also don't just follow along on Twitter or the Irish Illustrated chat because that will not engender you to thinking things are going well no matter what the score is. So if you could avoid that, you're better off. Or just don't watch I the game. I recommend that. All right, we're going <laughs> to yeah. call the day right there. We are not going to add an extra uh, podcast this week because we would be answering the same questions again, and I would probably be – Still talking about the Monday press conference, which I would like to move beyond now, and I will do my best to do that. But we will be back <laughs> Thursday for O'Malley and Samson predictions, and uh, I'll have a preview on Friday. But until then, until uh, Thursday's Irish in Illustrated Insider, we'll be back. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.